I want to go back to verse 1 of chapter 2, 2 Timothy chapter 2, and I want to pick up reading in verse number 1, but the message tonight will come out of verse 7, 8, 9, and 10. But the Bible says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, Yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer even unto bonds. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. I want to call your attention tonight for a few moments, if you will, out of verse 7, verse 8, and then verse number 10. And I'm preaching tonight on the subject or on the thought of consider, remember, and learn. Consider, remember, and learn. That is the key thoughts of what Paul is saying to Timothy. That he is to consider what Paul has said in verse number 7. That he is to remember the Lord Jesus Christ and how God raised Him from the dead. And then the word therefore means that Timothy is to learn. He's to learn from what he considers. He's to learn from what he remembers about Jesus and His resurrection. Consider, remember, and learn. I read this past week the following statistics, and statistics are what statistics are, but I read statistics related to how much information people retain once they hear it or once they read it. This article stated that we remember about 10% of what we read, about 20% of what we hear, 30% of what we see, 50% of what we see and hear combined, and 70% of what we see and hear plus discussing what we see and hear with others. We retain about 80% of what we personally experience and 90-plus percent of what we teach others we retain. I also read several articles after that that stated that those percentages were wrong and there was no validity to any of it. Maybe I should just quote, Kim, who often says, you hear what you want to hear, remember what you want to remember. Maybe that's more accurate, and that's probably true for most of you. I'm sure you've used that same phrase on your children. 
But honestly, tonight, some things are easy to read, some things are easy to hear, and then some things are easy to understand. Other things are more difficult to read, they're difficult to hear, and difficult to understand. Other things are not so easy, some things are more complicated. And even if we read certain things, if we hear certain things and try to understand certain things, the truth of what we're reading, the truth of what we're hearing, and the truth of what we are trying to grasp or understand is hard to believe at times, even though it is true. We know that what is recorded in the Word of God is true, but we have to be honest tonight and say there are things in the Word of God that are more difficult to understand than other things. They're not as easily grasped, even though it is absolute truth. But sometimes things we read and some things we hear and some things we try to understand are more difficult because there are others in our world who are telling us that what we're hearing and reading and trying to understand is not really true. The epistles have numerous references from Paul and James and the other apostles who addressed the false teachers and told those first century believers, you can't believe what you hear them say, and you can't believe what they are telling you, and you can't understand that because what they are telling you is not true. On the other side of that coin, we hear Paul say to the churches and to the believers of his day, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, or be not ignorant in this particular area. He wants them to read his epistles, to believe what they read, and to understand it, and to grasp the truth of it. When the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy in this final letter, and he says in verse number 7, Consider what I say. He is not just mincing words. He is not just putting words together in order to complete a letter. It was very important that Timothy read this epistle. It was very important that Timothy hear what the apostle was saying and that Timothy understand what he was saying and grasp the truth of what Paul was saying because the very things that Paul is talking about are the things that Timothy was going to actually experience and live and face in life. I think sometimes we think teaching is just teaching. We think preaching is just preaching. The teacher or the pastor has a allotted amount of time in which they have to say a certain amount of words in order to communicate what they want to communicate. And then we should just be thankful for that and walk away from that and never think about it, never consider it, never ponder it, never weigh what's being said. And we think that it's just to be heard and then it's to be laid aside. Well, it is much more than that, and that's why we're looking tonight at this section of 2 Timothy where Paul said to Timothy, Consider what I say. Remember Jesus was raised from the dead, and therefore remember and know that I'm enduring and I'm going, what I'm, I'm going through what I'm going through for the elect's sake that they may be able to obtain salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. I confess tonight there may be a lot of people talking about a lot of things in a lot of different places that really does not deserve you listening. It does not deserve you really trying to ponder deeply what's being said, nor does it really matter if you understand it or not. But when it comes to the things of God and when it comes to the Word of God, we need to understand that what God is saying is absolutely essential 
to our spiritual life and to our eternity. I want us to look first of all tonight in verse number 7 when Paul makes the statement about considering. Consider what I say. And then he adds to that, And the Lord give thee understanding in all things. What was it Paul was saying? Well, in the immediate context, he has just given the metaphors and he's just given the analogies of how he wants Timothy to be able to be a true man of God. How he wants him to endure hardness as a soldier. He wants him to be able to uh, fight the battle as God would have him to fight it. And he wants him to consider that. Not just hear what I'm saying about that, but consider that. And the same with what he said about the man in verse 5, the athlete. He wanted Timothy to consider, to think, to ponder, to really weigh in on what Paul said about an athlete, how he must strive for masteries, and, and yet uh, he has to do that lawfully. He has to do that according to the rules. If you're going to be a successful athlete, you cannot violate the rules. You have to do the things that need to be done in order to be a victorious athlete. And Then he wants Timothy to consider about that farmer, that husbandman. He should be able to partake of the fruits of his own labor. So in the immediate context, when Paul said, consider what I say, he most certainly is referring to that. You don't want Timothy to just read over these words and lay them aside and never give a second thought to what he has been saying. Look with me there in verse 7 at that word consider. It has the basic meaning of directing one's mind to something And it means more than taking a glance at something. It's like you could say to someone as you walk outside tonight, hey, look at my new set of tires or look at my car. If that person were to actually get down on the ground with a flashlight and look at the backside of the tire and take pictures of the size and the weight limits and all of that stuff, you would probably say, I didn't mean you go to that extreme. I, I just meant take a glance at it. When Paul said, consider what I say, he is, not, he is not telling Timothy just take a glance at this or just hear and read and then think no more about it. He is telling Timothy, you get down with a flashlight, you look at it from all angles, you examine this, you weigh in on it, you consider what I say. You actually take the very words that I have written here and direct your mind to it and think about it. It means to perceive with the mind. It means to apprehend. It means to let it weigh in on you. Think about it soberly. Think about it deeply. It means reflect on it. Look at the matter of what is being said and get the very thrust. Grasp the very idea. Comprehend the very heart of what is being said. It's often been said if if a sinner would actually consider if a sinner would actually grasp and get a hold of the fact of God's holiness and his sinfulness he would have no problem crying out to God for salvation but the problem is men no longer consider those things the same Greek word here this word noeo is the Greek word for consider if you turn back in your Bible to 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse number 7 it's translated differently there In our English Bible, it's translated understanding. Paul was talking about the teachers, the false teachers. He said, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. 
It's the same word there, the same Greek word. But it simply meant, what it meant was, there was people in the church who was teaching, and they didn't have a clue about what they were teaching. They didn't understand the depth of it. They were trying to teach the law, but didn't understand the law. So when you take that same word over here in verse 7, consider Paul is saying that he wants Timothy to get to the root and very, very wisely he wants him to spend time in what God has said to him through Paul's second epistle. One commentator I read this evening defined the word consider, and I like this of all the definitions, unhurried consideration. In other words, don't just brush over it. Don't just look over it. It's like when we purchase something and we, we look at what it is and where it was made and all that it's supposed to do, and we just glance over it. But when it tears up, then we get out the manual and try to look at it more deeply. Paul is telling Timothy, you're a young preacher. You're going to follow in my footsteps. I'm about to be executed. I'm about to be killed for the cause of Christ. And you're going to minister in these churches. And I want you to understand it's going to be a battle. You've got to be a good soldier. I want you to understand it's going to be a marathon. It's going to be a long race. It's not a sprint. You've got to be the kind of athlete that pays the price. And I want you to understand you've got to be a farmer who is willing to go through the changes and the turmoil and all the challenges in order to produce fruit for the Lord. And he says, I want you to consider that very deeply and understand exactly what is happening? Paul is not calling upon Timothy to, to consider just this one occasion, just to consider this one letter. He wants Timothy to make it a way of life. He wants Timothy to live with this kind of attitude that everything that he hears from God, he is to consider that. He is to take it to heart. He's to take the Word to the very depths of it. Paul said to the Philippians in chapter 2, verse 13, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. He wants Timothy to consider this. He wants him to not just take it casually, but to absolutely give weight to what is being said. I read this quote today from Charles Spurgeon. He said this, quote, Some people like to read so many chapters every day in their Bible. He said, I would not discourage them from the practice, but I would rather my soul soak in half a dozen verses a day than I would rinse my hands in several chapters. Now what he's saying is, I'd rather consider what I'm reading than to read a bunch of stuff and never give it a second thought. He was a wise man. So is every believer who approaches the Word of God in that way. Brother, God says, a mouthful when he says something. Paul has just told Timothy, I want you to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And I want you to take what you've heard of me and put it in the lives of other men so they can put it in the lives of other men so they can teach others also. And he's just said to Timothy, you're going to have to be a good soldier. You're going to have to be a faithful athlete. You're going to have to be a farmer that has patience and dependence upon God. Now consider that. Take those words and let them lay upon your heart. Weigh those words. Think about those words. Put your mind into this and contemplate what is being said. Now notice in the text in verse 7, he tells, he tells Timothy, I want you to consider 
what I say. Why should Timothy consider what Paul says? Because Paul was aware that what he was saying to Timothy had been given to him by God, and it was the inspired Word of God. He was aware of the fact that what he was giving to Timothy was the very Word of God, and so he told Timothy, consider what I'm telling you. What does that say to us tonight? You and I need to put our minds in this book. We need not just put our hands on it and our eyes upon it, but we need to think clearly and soberly about what the Lord Jesus has said in the Word of God. This is not something just to mull over. It's not something just to be casual about. I, I was watching this evening an illustration of, of preachers, and this pastor was just showing different clips of what preachers were, were doing. And they, a lot of them now are, are preaching what they call micro-sermons. They're just, they're just little, little tidbits. And, uh, of course, when you listen to the content of it, it's probably good that it isn't no more than that. But they're just preaching. What they're doing is they're, they're giving you their philosophy on life, and then they go to the Scripture and find a verse that will kindly apply to what, to what they want to say. That's kind of what they do. They're just, they're just coming up with their own themes and their own ideologies, and then they try to find a verse that, that will kindly go, go with that. That is not what our Lord did. That's not what the prophets did, nor the apostles or the early church or any true preacher of God. He don't bring his opinions to anything. He reads the Word of God. He expounds that particular text. He tells you what the words in that text mean, how that relates to other portions of Scripture, and then that's the message. That's the way that it is. It has nothing to do with my opinion or with your opinion. Paul said, consider what I say. And he can say that because what Paul is saying is the inspired Word of God. And we need to consider, we need to think tonight about what the Bible says about any subject because it is without question tonight, it is the Word of God. And as I mentioned in the immediate context, Paul is saying, he's talking about those metaphors that he just mentioned, but he wants Timothy to understand the Christian life. The Christian life is not an easy life. The Christian life is a rugged life. The Christian life is a strenuous life. The Christian life will be a life of suffering. It'll be a life of persecution in many situations. And he said, Timothy, I want you to consider that. Now you consider that truth tonight against what you hear others say about the Christian life. I heard a man preach today. He said this. Kim and I heard him say it. He said, I want you to come to Jesus. He was given an invitation. And he said this. He said, I'm going to pray. He had every head bowed and every eye closed. And he said, now I want you to come to the front, which is not wise to do that with your eyes closed or your head bowed. But he said, I want everybody to do this. He said, I'm going to count to three, and then I want everybody to get up and come. And that's what he said. He said, and when you do, he said, your life is going to immediately change. I'm going to pray for you. Your problems and heartaches and all of that is going away. That is absolutely a lie. There are some problems you will never face in life until you come to Christ. There are some burdens you will never have in life until you come to Jesus Christ. So it is important tonight that we consider what this book says, that we think about it because of the many things that are being said tonight that are contrary to the Word of God. What I say, Paul said, consider what I say. Timothy, listen to what I'm telling you, because what I'm telling you is the Word of God. When you read the Bible in the morning, tomorrow, whenever you read the Bible during the day, 
you need to consider what the Word of God says. And like Spurgeon said, stay with those few words and soak them up and think about them and weigh them. See how heavy they are compared to just rinsing your hands with all a bunch of chapters. Look at the Word. Look at the Word deeply. Learn from the Word and see what it's saying. Consider what I say. It's important what Paul was saying to Timothy and what God says to us tonight is equally important. Now, let me ask you tonight, do you, do you hear the Word when it's taught and when the Word is preached? Do you hear it? Do you hear it when it's taught and preached? When you read your Bible, do you hear the Word of God? Do you ever go back and think about what you read? Do you ever go back and, and look at words and go back and say, I, I want to know the meaning of that more deeply. I, I want to know what God is saying more completely. That is what Paul is saying to Timothy, and that's important for our Christian life. Do you ever go back and do that? Listen to Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, listen carefully, think on these things. Now that word think is a different Greek word than the word consider here, but the meaning is still there. He is saying calculate, compute this, let your mind dwell upon it. He's, Paul said to the Philippians, if, you, if you're going to let your mind dwell on something, dwell on the things that are honoring to God. What better thing tonight for God's people to do than consider what the Lord has said in His Word. But now here's, here's a glorious promise in verse number 7. Consider what I say. You say, preacher, one reason I don't study words is I, don't, I can't understand them. One reason I don't study the Bible is I don't understand them. Well, the Lord is about to knock the props out from under that argument. Look at verse 7. Consider what I say. Now Paul's telling Timothy, you consider what I say. Consider what I said about the soldier, the athlete, and the farmer. Consider what I said about passing truth to the next generation. Consider what I've said about, consider everything I've said to you in this letter. And he said this, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. I want to tell you what we want to do tonight. We want to read a verse of Scripture and never look back at it again and just say, Lord, show me something out of your word. If you don't put your mind in it, you're never going to understand it. Never. But look at this promise. If you consider, if you consider, then the Lord said, Paul said to Timothy, if you really put your mind around what is being said, and if you study it and think about it and dwell on it, then he said the Lord's going to give you the understanding of it that you need to be able to be that good soldier, to be able to be that victorious athlete, to be able to be that farmer that tastes of his own fruit. What he's saying to Timothy, if you consider what I say, you're going to endure, you're going to have a crown, and you're going to have fruit to lay at the feet of Jesus because the Lord will give you the understanding you need to be the kind of Christian that you need to be. The word here is important. Now, We've already mentioned from the last epistle, this young preacher did not have good physical health. He was kindly sickly. And that's why Paul told him to take a little wine for the stomach's sake. He was not very well physically. And there's really nothing that I read that ever changed in that regard in Timothy's life. It may, but there's no recorded record of it in Scripture. 
But I will tell you this tonight, if Paul will listen to what, or if Timothy will listen to what Paul said in verse number 7, he's going to have good mental health and he's going to have good spiritual health. And when you've got good mental health and good spiritual health, health, it always makes the physical health feel a lot better off, even though you might be down or sick in some way. He is telling him, if you'll consider what I say in the Word of God, it'll help your mental health. Let me just, let me just mention, mention this. I asked a, a preacher friend of mine this week, we were talking, and I said, uh, now that uh, the situation over in Ukraine has unfolded, I said, uh, I don't do social media, so I said, let me know as soon as social media lights up with Matthew 24, where it talks about wars and rumors of wars. And it wasn't about an hour, and he sent me some things back, and he said, yeah, they're talking about it everywhere. I said, what are they talking about? And he said, they're talking about wars and rumors of wars. And I said, but are they quoting the whole verse? And he said, no, just the first part. You know what comes at the end of, at the middle of that, of that verse in Matthew 24, where Jesus said we would hear of wars and rumors of wars? You know the next thing Jesus said? But be ye not troubled. Jesus said, be ye not troubled. The end is not yet. That's what he said. Now, if you take that verse and you, and you consider that, I mean consider it, if you get a hold of everything in that verse, what you say is, yes, yes, this is happening, this is happening. But hear what our Lord said. Don't you be anxious and don't you worry. Don't you be troubled about any of that as a child of God. That is what Paul is telling Timothy. He is telling Timothy, I'll give you an understanding of things that you may not understand. And that's true for us tonight. When we put our mind in the Word of God, think upon these things, and study to show ourselves approved unto God, what happens is God gives us an understanding. It's a gift from Him. It's a grace gift from Him. And the Lord give thee understanding in all things, or for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. That little word for gives us the reason why we should consider or think. Why should I spend time considering what you preach tonight, preacher? Because the Lord will give you understanding in those things. Why should I spend time studying the Word of God? So the Lord will give me understanding in those things. And with that understanding, it helps me to be what God would have me to be. If we consider this promise, the Lord will give us understanding. If we consider this promise, then this promise will be a benefit to us. Paul is giving this to Timothy. He's saying, Timothy, if you just read this and close the, and roll up the uh, scroll and never read this again and never think about it again and never let your mind get around what's being said, you'll never understand what you're about to face and you'll never understand what's about to happen. Now, everybody's telling you what we're going to face. Everybody's telling you what we're going to go through, all this stuff. But what we need to focus on tonight is what the Word of God says. What does the Word of God say about these things? The same truth that Timothy had, you and I have tonight. Look at this word understanding for just a moment. It comes from the Greek word sunus, which means intelligence. It means a putting together mentally. But it's a, intellectually, this word was used in the Greek world, means to put together the pieces. He is telling Timothy, if you put your mind around what I've just said and think about what I've just said, he said, you will see in your life, you'll see God put the pieces together. If you consider that, God will put the pieces together. Satan would love you to put your life together tonight 
according to this world and what they're telling you. God wants you to put it together tonight based on what He has said. And when we do, the Lord will give you understanding. The Lord will let you see the pieces as they come together. Literally, though, this word understanding was used in the Greek world. It described two rivers converging into one. It describes the ability of all the parts becoming one whole. He is telling Timothy here, Timothy, what I have written to you, what I have said to you, what I have spoken to you in this letter, if you will put your mind into it and if you will think upon these things and if you will grasp these things, then he said, you will see me put it all together and you will see the Lord give you understanding. You will understand why you're here and what God's doing. It doesn't mean, listen, please don't, don't misunderstand me tonight. He is not promising a perfect knowledge or a perfect understanding in this world. We will never have that down here. But the Lord will give understanding. But you're not going to get understanding if you're going to give up considering. If you're never going to think and reflect and weigh what is said in the Word of God, don't ever expect to understand the Word of God. And I also want to say tonight, considering cannot be replaced by anything. You say, well, I'm going to pray about what was wrote. That's not considering. Praying is praying. You can pray about what was wrote, but Paul didn't tell Timothy to pray about what he wrote here. He said, I want you to think about what is written here. I want you to put your mind on what has been written and think about it deeply because it is so serious considering cannot be replaced with anything else and there will be no understanding without considering the psalmist said in psalm 119 18 open thou mine eyes that i may behold wondrous things out of thy law that's a beautiful prayer a wonderful prayer a prayer we ought to all pray lord open your word that i might receive what it has to say but that prayer will never be answered if you don't consider it and if you don't study it and I know a lot of folks think that's what people pay the preacher to do. We, I ain't got time to study. We pay him to sit home study so he can tell us what the Bible means. And we're not obligated to study. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed. We must consider the Word of God. If you think, ponder, if you weigh out, if you contemplate and study what God's Word says and devote yourself to truth, God is saying to you in verse 7, I will bring the pieces together. I will give you that understanding. Let me give you an illustration before I close tonight. I've, we've went here before. Turn with me back to the Gospel of Luke, if you will, and that 24th chapter. I think I referred to this chapter just a few weeks ago. I don't remember which message, but I think I referred to it. But as you're turning to Luke 24, when you get there, go down to verse number 13. This is a post-resurrection event. Uh, our Lord has risen in the early verses of this chapter. And many of you will remember this story. It's been studied often in Sunday school. But I want you to think as I read this, I want you to remember what Paul has just told Timothy. I want you to think. I want you to ponder. I want you to try to get your mind around what I've just said. And if you do that, I promise God will give you understanding of what you need to know. Now keep that in mind as we read this story again, beginning in verse 13. And behold, two of them, Luke 24, 13, And behold, two of them, which is talking about our Lord's disciples, went that same day to a village called Emmaus, 
which was from Jerusalem, about threescore furlongs, and they talked together of all these things which had happened. They were talking about resurrection events. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, they're thinking, they're thinking about everything that happened, Jesus Himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know Him. And He said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? And now they tell Him what they're thinking. Verse 18, And the one of them whose name was Cleophas answered and unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed, and word before God and the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death, and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even as the women had said, but him they saw not. Now these men are considering. They are considering Old Testament prophecies that have been written about His resurrection. They are considering the events that had taken place in the city of Jerusalem. They are thinking about it. They are trying to grasp it. They're trying to get a hold of it. And they're getting really nowhere. But verse 25, Then He said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into His glory? But then look at the patient and precious Jesus. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, He expounded unto them in all the Scriptures the things concerning Himself. And they drew nigh to the village, whether they went, and He made as though He would have gone further. But they constrained Him, saying, Abide with us, for it's toward the evening, the day is far spent. And He went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as He sat at meat with them, He took bread and blessed it and brake and gave to them and their eyes were opened, and they knew Him, and He vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while He talked with us by the way, and while He opened to us the Scriptures? Do you see the comparison there between what happened on the Emmaus Road and what Paul has just told Timothy? Timothy, consider what I say. Consider what I say. Because it's the Word of God. And if you will put your mind in this, and think about this, and talk about this, and meditate upon this, and give this weight, and mull this over in your thinking, I'll give you understanding. Do you see what Jesus did to these men on the Emmaus Road? They were walking, they were thinking, they were talking, they were mulling it over in their minds as to all the events that had happened. They couldn't get it straight, they couldn't handle it. But yet they're doing that. And what did our Lord do? Thank God He came and walked with them and took this they did not understand and opened it to them. And they saw Him. And they were glad. The Word of God tonight is what God wants to say to us. And we need to give God the honor and the glory 
of thinking about these things. I close with this verse, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Jesus said unto His disciples, or to His men, to them that day, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and we forget this one, and with all thy mind. The word mind is our faculty of understanding, our thinking, our desiring. God gave us minds so we could think. He created everything that we have to think about tonight. You ever thought about that? You wouldn't have nothing to think about if God hadn't created. There'd be nothing to think about. Everything we have to think about tonight, God gave us and gave us the mind to think. He gave us His Word to think about it. He's the standard of all the good and the bad, the true and the false. And we are commanded to love Him with our minds. And along with Timothy, all of us need to consider or think deeply about the suffering and hardship that's a part of Christianity. We've listened to our health and wealth preachers tell us that there's no suffering or hardships for anyone who lives by faith, and we no longer consider what the Bible actually says, but we consider what other men have told us. There's a lot of things I love about the age in which I live. Number one is I'm still living. I love that about it, but... There's a lot of other things I dearly love about the age in which we live. But when it comes to considering, when it comes to thinking and weighing things out, when it comes to getting a grasp on what is being said, our culture has thrown all of that to the wind. My dad came up in a culture where when it broke, you didn't take it back to Walmart. You either fixed it or you didn't have it. And he, just, and, and he can pretty much still to this day fix about... Anything that uh, he wants to fix, if you give him enough time, even at 90, soon be 96. I've told you before, in his room tonight is plastic cups that he has cut with his scissors and taped on the side of his dresser to hold his ink pens in. He has paper clips taped on the side of his nightstand that he runs his cell phone wire up in to be a holder, to hold his cell phone wire. I told him, I said, why would you do that? I could have went to Best Buy and paid $19 for one, and you made one out of a paper clip and tape. We're in a culture that doesn't think anymore. We hear something and we never think. We're just supposed to respond immediately. We're supposed to pass our opinion immediately. Paul told Timothy, don't just read what I'm saying here. Think about this. And our culture has thrown all of that to the wind. And when it comes to God's Word, we read it when it suits us. We use it when it's for our own benefit without taking time to consider really what is being said in the Word of God. Maybe you find it difficult to understand what's being taught in God's Word. Or maybe you're unsure about certain things, but your situation doesn't need to be filled with fear tonight. Do what Paul told Timothy. Consider what God's Word says. And if you don't have a clue what it means, say, Lord, I just read today in your word where you said this. Lord, I don't have a clue what you're talking about, but I know that you will give me understanding if I study this and if I try to grasp this. And again, we look through a glass darkly tonight. None of us know everything. None of us has figured it all out. I get so irritated with preachers who constantly ask me and try to put me in their systemized ideologies and their systemized theology. They get everything they thought got in their mind, they put it behind a theological fence, and if everybody isn't in there with them, then they're, then they're wrong. I want to remind everybody tonight, I'm still a work in progress. I'm still a work in progress. I'm still a disciple. I'm a learner. 
I'm a student of God's Word. We go to the Word of God sometimes and we say, poor Peter, why couldn't he figure that out? Would you have had it figured out if you were living in Peter's day? Why didn't these disciples do this and why didn't they do that? They didn't understand all of that. They didn't know all of that. Sometimes they knew and chose to just not believe it. But for most of us tonight, we're like young Timothy. We're sitting here in a world and we're looking at things disappear around us that has been a stronghold for us. And we're going to face a world without a lot of things, just like Timothy is about to face a world without the Apostle Paul, who was his spiritual father in the faith, his mentor, his example, his encourager. And Paul is telling him, it's going to be okay, son. You just consider this infallible book and let God give you the understanding. My pastor used to say in ways that only he could say, he used to say this, if the devil cuts off all the food, God will have a cave somewhere and fly a bird in and feed me if need be. He pulled that from the story of Elijah, and he's exactly right. And Brother Rule also said, and if I do happen to die from starvation, somebody fill me up with soda and water and blow me up and tell everybody that the Lord fed me to death. And that's the way I died. Consider what I say. And the Lord will give thee understanding. Father, we thank you tonight for this word. Thank you for this precious book that we hold in our hands and on our laps tonight. We thank you for its truth. And Lord, we are to consider, we're to think about, we're to put our minds in this. Not just our feelings and our emotions, but we're to put our minds into this and actually think about what you said because your word is perfect and your word is is infallible. And then, Lord, we are dependent upon you giving us understanding. Thank you for He, the Holy Spirit, the resident teacher who lives within us tonight, Lord, to teach us the Word of God, to reveal truth to us. You've been so good to us. May we not get frustrated tonight because of what we can't comprehend or understand, but may we rejoice tonight in what you show us and teach us and how you help us. May each one here tonight be a man or woman who considers truth. And may each of us tonight here be men and women who receive help from the Lord and an understanding in everything we face in life. Lord, what we're being told is not what's going to happen. And what we're being told by the world is not how things are going to be. So may we consider truth tonight in a light of your precious word. We love you. We thank you. I pray you take the truth that our young people and children has been taught tonight. And may that find a lodging place in their heart to bring them to salvation. And also, if they're saved, to give them maturity and growth. And may this church always consider what you have to say. We love you. Give us a good week in the Lord and help us on the next Lord's Day. We'll do our best to praise you and thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.